0: Hi, this is Dahlia
1: and I'm Alma. This is Nightmare on Fifth Street, a horror movie podcast.
0: y'all we are we have been really lucky this season season three queer horror we kind of just put out a shout out for our awesome guests and i thought maybe one or two people would reply and then we as y'all have been listening to our season we have gotten lots of cool guests and today we have jessica scott i'm really excited i've been reading okay i know i'm talking to you right now but we'll but we'll really talk to you in a second (laughs) but i've been reading some of your your things and everything and we'll get into that here in a little bit but first um in case our our listeners do not know who jessica scott is jessica scott is a freelance film writer and critic her interests lie mainly with genre fare particularly horror and she is passionate about feminist and queer theory and mental health issues in film you can find her work in medium dread central inverse nightmarish conjurings film cred Ghouls Magazine, Gatecrashers, Screen Queens, that was going to be hard to say, I knew it, Slay Away, and I'm sure much more. Thank you so much, Jessica,
2: for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited.
0: Yeah, okay, so mm, (laughs) this is going to be fun. I'm actually getting excited about this. So I thought we're talking about some of your writing Mm -hmm. and I thought what better way because this past weekend, the new um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre just came out Mm -hmm. and I love this because... You and I actually disagree on uh, whether we liked it or not, Mm -hmm. but what I loved about reading your review is that you made some really good points and I love the way that you came. So, okay, everybody can like or not like whatever they want and they could talk about however they want. I don't, Mm -hmm. that doesn't bother me, but I just love it when someone, when you're in your review of the movie, you pointed out some things that I'm like, okay, I I could see why somebody wouldn't like it from that perspective. I'm very low brow. (laughs) So I will like almost anything you throw in front of me. So I enjoyed the shit out of it. <laughs> but I I love, I did love reading your, your review on it. Like a few things that you mentioned. Well, you know, what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna read your own words. I can, I, I'm sure, you know, we have people on both sides. So, f- Please feel comfortable talking about what you did or didn't like about the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It'll be a okay. fun conversation, I think.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, as long as people are, are respectful, like, like yeah. what you like, don't like what you don't like, but let's just have a nice conversation about it and not attack each other. Like, yeah. it's, it's a movie that you don't like or don't like. It's not yeah. that big a deal. <laughs> um, like, and I have seen a lot of reviews and a lot of. Uh, comments from people who loved the movie that have made me think, oh, I see that too. That makes total sense to me. So that's why I like the actual dialogue instead of some of the people who are attacking each other. Cause I'm like, okay, I'm learning from people and I'm seeing their point of view too. Um, I, I think part of it lies with how married you are to the original movie and how much love you have for Sally Hardesty. Like if you're really emotionally invested in her arc I think you might have more trouble with this movie than others, and I don't want to spoil it. I don't. If if people haven't seen it, yeah, you know, I'm I'm never going to tell anybody not to see a horror movie. Mm -hmm. Even even if I hated it, I'm never going to say, "Oh, don't bother with it." No, watch it. Make up your own mind. So I don't want to spoil it for people. But I was not a fan of what they did with her, even though I understand what they were commenting on. Yeah. They did that, if that right. makes sense. I'm trying to be
0: as yeah. circumspect no. as
1: possible.
2: <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, absolutely. And I totally get that because I didn't see that until afterwards when I started seeing people that like, oh, they they did her story wrong. Let's just put it that way. Um and I was like, huh, I wouldn't have thought that way. Cause I thought I thought, first of all, I thought I think she's aged beautifully and I love that she was in it. Um this she uh what was it? A Texas Ranger? Maybe I think it was. Guess, yeah. Yeah. She's been a Texas so, Ranger for like yeah. 40 years. Yeah, so years, yeah. they did this, This, but you're right. I, I think um, having her in the movie um, could have been fun if they did more with her. Definitely. Yeah. yeah definitely I, guess,
1: I
2: do feel like that was a wasted opportunity. I mean, I get what they were going for, kind of making fun of the the legacy character coming back, for somebody being hellbent on revenge for decades. I get that they were kind of poking fun at that. But I I think part of it is how emotionally invested you are in something. I will admit to taking certain films very seriously. Uh And a lot of people are like, bro, it's a movie. Don't take it so seriously. (laughs) (laughs) But I will admit that I do with this movie. So I think that has a lot to do with how people are reacting to it. Uh Um, There were parts of the movie that I really liked. And I think if it had been not Texas Chainsaw Massacre, just some other random mm. slasher. Mm-hmm. I might have enjoyed it more. Yeah, I think it's just really hard when you've got all the baggage of all those decades yeah. and you know all the love for the original. I get that it's almost impossible for a, a filmmaker to make something that will appeal to everybody yeah. when you're working mm-hmm. with the, this legacy. Uh-huh. So I, I get how hard that is. Um, But yeah, it just... I wasn't a fan of some of the political commentary that you tried to make. I wasn't a fan of... Making the victim of a school shooting pick up a gun to fight back—that
0: was hard. I'm I'm not gonna lie; even I had trouble with that. Because this was, I thought, kind of like a a campy horror gore kind of like I thought I was gonna have fun with it. And even in those parts, I was kind of like, I got uh, Mm -hmm. really—it was hard. Even though it's a fictitious character, you still because it is. We live here in the United States. For anybody who's not in the United States, I mean, this is something we we are unfortunately it's it's not news because it is, I mean, it's, it's news because it's not news and back and forth. And it just happens way too much here. Mm-hmm. And so that was, I was really hard to watch. Um, again, that story probably could have been fleshed out a little bit more as well, if they were going to go that route. But um, so I, I, but in general, though, I do try to disconnect a lot. So mm-hmm. I thought, even though I haven't watched all of them, I thought this was more like, um, like the later, later, later Freddie movies. Friday, not Friday. I'm sorry, Jason, um, uh, Friday the thir- 13th, um, type of like, what was uh, it uh, when he goes to Manhattan? Very just it doesn't seem right. <laughs> Something's wrong here.
1: It's, it's, it's uh, an alternate it's, universe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree with the the, the follow through with a certain, like the, the social commentary was, was like, but I did see it like that. I was actually surprised Dahlia, because I know she's a real big fan of the original. Um, when it comes to like the character arc, like I'm more invested like in the in the Halloween. It's where it was like when Laurie Strode, there was like, why did they kill her off? Then I was angry. And then <laughs> and it was like, because the character is what you follow. And so with this one, mm-hmm. I was able to have a like a disconnect because each one I did follow kind of like the, like the, with Jason, each one as like a standalone, each mm-hmm. one, you know? Yeah. But when I, I'm not a, crit- a critic, so I'm not very good at saying, like, the negative things about movies. So when I watched it, I could definitely see it as that little movie saying a few things that I didn't enjoy, but then tell you first thing because I, I love that you said uh, I you would never tell somebody to watch or not watch a movie because it, to each their own. Yes. Um, but I will say I love the kills because I'll say something positive, something I pull that out of, like, every – Pretty much, I mean, there's there's a handful of movies I think Dali and I agreed on that were like, Ugh, let's not ever talk about those.
0: <laughs> um, but for the most part, this? I think we can find something good in almost everything. We'll find, and for us, mm-hmm. if, if we can't find anything good with a movie, it's most likely going to be the kills. <laughs> because we love, even though some, it wasn't all practical effects, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, Alman, I are a fan of practical effects. So mm-hmm. if you have practical mm-hmm. effects in your movie, doesn't matter how bad the movie is, doesn't matter how <laughs> bad the practical <laughs> effects are, we're probably gonna like it. So. <laughs> but um, but like I said, like reading your your review on it, uh, um, I enjoyed reading that. Also, when you talk about what you weren't, you mentioned not, not being sure who the movie was uh, targeted to, and in seeing people who, I'll say from my point of view, who liked it. I think I totally see what you're talking about because I'm in an older demographic of people liking it. And then I did see some younger people liking it and it's like, and then like, I'm looking at our backgrounds. I'm like, whoa, we are all over the place. Who is liking this and who is not liking this? It's, it is, it is kind of interesting to see. Um, yeah. And then some people that I thought definitely wouldn't like it. They're all like, oh, it was fun. And I'm like, you liked it. Oh, okay, cool. I feel a little validated. <laughs> I know it's ridiculous, but yeah.
2: No, yeah. It's been such a, it's been so polarizing and such a litmus test, but it's just personal taste. Like, you know, this one didn't work for me. It worked for a lot of people and I'm thrilled for them. Like anytime somebody watches a horror movie and they're like, I had so much fun. It was the best time. I'm like, hooray. I'm so glad because I just Mm -hmm. want people to love horror, you know? Oh, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: And that's kind of what I'm afraid of the, this conversation like putting having people being turned off of horror because I'm like, no, 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 we're disagreeing. I know, I know, but come, you know, come here and come on. It's, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like, a, a brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, and everybody fighting, you know, over the mm-hmm. Thanksgiving table. And at the end of the day, well, I'm maybe gonna... not
1: so violent because <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like the way that you with your, uh, Jessica, the way you said it because it's like, I, I'm not, I'm not going to hate anybody because they hate the movie that I love. It's just not, just, just not the way that I am. It's okay if you hate something that i absolutely love and adore. It doesn't get to me the same way. Uh the discussion is important a lot and that way you can you can get better movies, pull out greater ideas each time it'll yeah. it'll get better and not everything is going to be better. So sometimes you just yeah. have to, you know, <laughs> find something to enjoy out there. But it's great just to put something on without like the preconceived notion of somebody else telling you you should hate this or you know or love it.
0: That's it. a hundred percent. I think just um, don't listen to anybody else go in. And if you don't like it for your own reasons, perfect. Just don't let anybody make that decision for you. Um, but real quick, before we move on from this. Okay. So it sounds like we're all fans of the original. Okay. <laughs> so we're going past the, ori- the original, which one is your favorite? Uh, I don't know if you would call it sequel because some of them are like recreations or whatever, right? which, yeah. uh, which is your favorite? favorite, I'm doing it in quotes, um, um, beyond the original. Like, you know, would you choose, like, okay, if I had to choose one, you know, the second one or whatever, the one with uh, uh, with what is her name? Uh, Jessica Beale. I don't know. I'm just making shit <laughs> up right now. <laughs> uh,
2: mine is The Next Generation, the fourth movie in the franchise. It's so wild and just out there. Th- that one is my favorite. I love it when movies just go for it like that.
1: Mm-hmm. And Alma? I feel embarrassed because... <laughs> I like the one that was 3D because I just thought it was just, but it was like for different reasons. Sometimes I do. It's like um when it's, I, I, I thought of like the hatchet series is completely just sometimes just like what? But, What's out there? <laughs> <laughs> really not that. And uh, for some, I have a little special place in my heart for some of the movies that were done in 3D, like My Bloody Valentine. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you be quiet. It was fun. I love that oh one. <laughs> Anytime you can yell 3D, yes, <laughs> um, like,
0: that's like um, we do. That's one what of do. the Final Destinations went to. It's like oh, it's the same. Thing. It's like it's ridiculous, <laughs> but it's fun. I know. Um, <laughs> um I was that the was that the Jessica Biel one. Uh, All right. Okay, I didn't Mm -hmm. think so Um, because I forget which one is it. But uh, okay, so I'm uh, gonna—I'm embarrassed too. But it's the Jessica Biel one, and it's because, (laughs) for a weird reason, it's the fashion. (laughs) It's so uh, early two (laughs) thousands, and for some reason, when I look at a movie in the early two thousands, any horror movie, excuse me. it's like they really wanted to include the fashion of the time in it. And I just get so fixated. Disney I don't know me in fashion and horror movies, fashion. I get fixated. It's like, <laughs> you can't run in those pants. You know? <laughs> so, like, so for some reason, it's like, it's a really weird reason. For, and I guess that goes to show that it's just like, I'm not really a a fan quote mm-hmm. <laughs> there of of the rest of the, you know, the movies, but I I, I got to pick something. It's going to be that one. Cause uh, any horror in the early 2000s is going to be fun. Like, mm-hmm.
1: But uh, the early 2000s fashion does not get enough uh, love. It just doesn't. <laughs> you know, everybody's always picking on those layers and the low-rise jeans and everything. But that was when I was, you know, becoming an adult, and that's what we wore. <laughs> right, exactly. clothes. <laughs>
0: uh, but speaking of uh, fashion in horror movies, well, this isn't really, it's a dark comedy, but... Um, uh, we'll get into that in a minute. But speaking of fashion, the fashion in this movie, Alma, what movie are we watching? Because the fashion in this movie, I want to get into it, too, because we're here to fabulous. talk
1: about <laughs> Jawbreaker from 1999. All right. Tell us about it. All right. Oh, should I read a little summary first? So I'll yes, get to the please. Stuff? All right. Uh, three of the most popular girls at Reagan High School accidentally killed a prom queen with a jawbreaker when kidnapping goes horribly wrong. It's a birthday kidnapping. Isn't that special? Horribly wrong. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, it goes really wrong. That part's <laughs> yeah. the, the bummer part, but the okay.
0: it's pretty tell it, cool. Okay, tell us who's in it, because I want to talk about this this uh, horribly wrong prank here in a second.
1: Okay, <laughs> all right. It is written directed by Darren Stein, starring Rose McGowan as Car- Courtney, Rebecca Gayhart as Julie, Julie Benz as Marcy, Judy Greer as Fern and later Violet, um, Pam Greer as Detective Vera Cruz. I want to say Vera Cruz so bad. Chad, And I did it anyway, Chad, Chris, as Zach. And I wrote like some of the minor roles because they're all kind of important. There's a lot of great- uh, Very the important. Cast is, Everyone is really important because it pulling from a lot of decades of like teen horror, um, all, all great. So uh, Charlotte Ayana um plays Liz Purr, of course she's dead the whole movie, but um we had Tatiana Ali playing Brenda, Carol Kane as Miss Sherwood, and Carol Kane her voice her. is just I've always loved her. I love it. That woman's voice is so beautiful to me. Uh, PJ Souls and William Catt of Carrie fame, who yes. plays Tommy Ross and Norma in Carrie. Uh, they play Liz Purse's parents, Jeff Conway. Um, Kaniki from Greece, Sweet. he played Barcy's dad.
0: Oh, rest in peace. But yeah, um, uh, PJ Souls, I hated her. I fucking hated her in Carrie. <laughs> no, you know that, so Alma. Much. I fucking hated her in Carrie. She
1: quotes her. That's how much she's obsessed <laughs> but with But I Peter. love PJ
0: Souls. Mm-hmm. I love her. So it's uh-huh. so funny. Um, but yeah, I hate, hate her character. Of course, like you said, Tommy Ross and then Kaniki. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I love that. They're, and they don't play big roles. They're, they're very, mm-hmm. like, not even in the periphery. They're just kind of like... Boom! There, there they are. Boom! There they are. Um, So I love that they play these very, very small parts, Um, but they're like they're horror. What do they call it Uh,
1: when they're icons? Like I don't know. Like royalty. royalty. Thank you. (laughs) Royal. There you go. There you go. Um, And it's like the the like the whole the whole teen scene. Even though they're like adults when they play teenagers, it doesn't matter. (laughs) But. Who doesn't want to do that? Have a little Sorry. fun. <laughs>
2: okay.
0: So Jessica, I know you said you love this movie. Yes. Um, we we had to rent it on Prime TV. Where are you finding it?
2: I have the Blu-ray. I have a oh, copy of course it. I was hoping you would say that.
0: I was hoping you'd say that. So you probably have a lot of like nuggets of, of goodness to share here because that's what I love about the Blu-rays. They have all those extra things and everything. So um. Okay, so real quick, I want to talk about the um, uh, the fact that, because we, we talked about them being teen uh, um, people from horror. See, I already fucked that up. See, I'm not good with words. That's why I'm not a writer, <laughs> Jessica. Um, but um, so these characters were, uh, these actors were spe- specifically um, picked because they are not teens. Them, they were not teens themselves. They were, I believe, all in their 20s by then. Mm-hmm. Or, or yeah. at least mid-20s. Rose McGowan
1: was yeah. 26. Rebecca Gayhart was mm-hmm. 20. Uh, did I have it right? 28. Julie Benz Ooh, 28. was okay.
0: 27. Because, mm-hmm. and they were picked at the, at, you know, at, as in their 20s because he was, the, the director was, you know, doing it because that's what they did. And it was very purposeful. It's like, you know, they did it with Carrie. I think, he, I think he even used the Carrie as an example. Like they chose non-teens to play teens and he thought that was funny. So he went yeah. and did it. So I just thought that was kind of funny that, that he did it too. But um, so the director and I'm, I'm bad with names again. Well, who's the director again?
1: Uh, Darren Stein.
0: I'm really bad with names, Jessica. I'm sorry. There's no disrespect to anybody, so I'm going to forget everybody's name except my queen, Rose McGowan, because I, I am in love with her. So, okay, all right. So, uh, Jessica, we are this season for us is season three is queer horror. You had mentioned that, you know, um, when I saw your tweet, you know, talking about this movie. Um, what about this movie for you? Because I don't. I don't think it's very... I mean, it's, I don't think it's made like, look at this queer movie, you know, (laughs) what to you about this movie makes it a queer um, movie? I guess it's the best way to ask that. Okay.
2: Well, a couple of things. Number one is, you know, Darren Stein is an out gay man who is making something as campy as possible like he wanted it to be as queer as possible i i think with just the way the transitions like you've got these wipes with these funny noises like there's so much camp in this movie but also i think that courtney and fern at least are queer icons like fern is clearly in love with liz oh yeah and courtney i i think is by her pan like she is like, she's very, she jokes that she's turned on um, when Rebecca Gayhart's character starts getting really aggressive with her. And I don't think she's joking about that. I think she's serious there. Like there's so much queer energy in this movie just with those two girls. And just just the high femme camp of it all just screams queer horror to me. And I know it's more horror adjacent than horror, but there's enough yeah. horror elements, I think, to qualify.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I, I read a quote I was reading about, um, I can't, I'm sorry, the writer. Um, I don't know why my brain does this. It just <laughs> dumps certain things. Um, but when the writer was talking about when he was writing this, he set out to write a horror movie. And then, as he wrote it, he realized, "Oh, there's more comedy in this than horror." So now we can, you know, we have a, a dark comedy, and um, I like that because everything that you mentioned too is, is are the things that I love about this movie: the weird transitions, the weird sounds, mm-hmm. that ending I was going to talk about when we get there, when she does uh, the whole sound at the end, when the pictures taken never <laughs> like oh, I fucking <laughs> love it. It's, it's just so like cute. it's perfect, and and um whether it was intentional or not um, the, the dynamic between Fern and Courtney. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's for me, again, even though if it wasn't intentional, it's very obvious Fern love in love with, um, uh, um oh gosh. Oh, the team. Liz. Uh, Liz, Liz, thank you. Thank
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, no, it's, it's... the movie begins with like a love letter
2: yeah, to exactly.
1: uh, Liz Purr. Uh-huh. It's, beautiful. Yes. She is talking about everything that she loves about her. Mm -hmm. And all of this, it's like the like from afar, noticing her and the way she looks. And I just love the way that they introduce Liz Perr because she is, you know, she's killed right in the beginning of it. But she's like she's so perfect and sweet looking because you never hear anything about her her personality. I mean she's in this group and Courtney is like with her abrasive a strong personality and everything. It's like, what was Liz's? We don't know. Uh, hers is just going to be this legendary, always spoken of in beautiful terms because we don't know her. And so Fern speaking about her in the beginning and describing her and and everything, I just, it's beautiful to me. And it's a great opener for, uh, it's just like right there. It's just like, oh, it's such a, it's just, and sweet. Sweet, beautiful, wonderful. Uh,
0: so, Jessica, <laughs> other than Fern saying that she was like so good and everything like that, I, do, does anybody else talk about her being as angelic as Fern makes her out to be? Or do we ever get glimpses of other than the lie that Courtney's trying to portray?
2: <laughs> um, I think julie talks about how you know she doesn't really care for the games that marcy and courtney play that she's like that was all bullshit but with liz it was real i think julie talks about how great liz is too like she saw courtney for who she was and for being so toxic and just evil (laughs) but you know i think i don't i don't think it's just liz like romanticizing her i think liz purr really was that perfect okay.
1: girl yeah yeah that's, it, that's what we see it, it makes her. sense uh-huh. yeah. and I think it makes sense as well because uh Julie the whole time um she, Liz was her childhood friend and the way that she uh is you know not really so attached to the group after Liz per is gone is is like more proof that she had a more of a connection with her and the fact that she's doing good or trying to do good after they accidentally kill her is proof, I think too, that they had better, closer personalities and were probably way, way nicer and way better, but.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's hard for me is, and I'm gonna say it right out the gate here. um, It's really hard and I know I should hate, um, I should really hate Rose McGowan's character a lot more than I do. But I have this thing, Alma knows that if I love the actor playing a certain role, I'm probably probably gonna be on their side. So I loved Rose McGowan before I start I ever watched this movie. So of course I was gonna side with her whatever the hell she did. <laughs> so I'm in I'm I'm loving her. I'm loving every even when she just starts doing shit that you know is just not right, I'm still like But come on you all, she's saving your ass. (laughs) She's trying to help you guys. Why don't you see it from her side? But you know, obviously, you know, she takes things too far, but it's very hard for me. And it's so funny too because I love Rebecca Gayhart. I'm I love her too. But for some reason. I I you know, I just she she made me angry. It's like, why are you trying to tell on her? Why are you trying to fuck up her life? The ending when she like gets back at her, I'm like, um, yeah, you're wrong there. Um, <laughs> so I know that's wrong. I know it's wrong, but it it has a lot to do with the fact, like I said, it's just like I love Rose McGowan, so I'm I'm totally on her side. And now when I want to talk about the fashion, now we were talking about the fashion before we started recording. Um, you you shared some beautiful pictures of your of yourself Jessica um you know kind of getting inspired for this and um I think I forgot to mention you cosplay as well correct yes yeah okay so yeah so let's talk about the fashion of this movie um yeah. this is what 99? 99. 99. Oh, 88, mm-hmm. 99 88 99 88 <laughs> 98 mm-hmm. 99 um I they were dressing and it's it's kind of interesting because usually um well I won't say usually I just is they are dressing mature like if they were older women um, very kind of old Hollywood. I'm like again I'm not I'm not very much into fashion so' and I'm, I'm sure there's terms for all this but I love the way these uh, ladies were dressed during this movie. a lot of the fashion the, um, they each had their own style, but it was still kind of,
1: uh, it was. Like I describe awesome. it as out of time.
0: Mm-hmm. I like. Oh, okay. I say it's
1: out of time because it is the reason I think that it stands up so well to watch it. You know, twenty years later, is because the the fashion for those. the the lead actress is there, is uh, standalone. It is inspired by different decades. It is, you can see the pinup in Rose McGowan. You can see um, the skirts, the A-line skirts, the long, the bustiers, everything. It's not 99 fashion. It's not. If you look at a lot of the other characters, you can see that a lot. And so I saw Grease inspired. You see... um, the costume designer, uh, Vicki Barrett, Brinkard, that was her last name and for the film, also did Clueless and Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion. Oh, and I see Romy and Michelle. Look at uh-huh. the colors, the bright and everything. And I I pointed that out and it was just like, when I said it, some people are like, are like yeah, it is, it, it is not really 99 fashion. It's its own thing. It's like, it's inspired that way you look at it later and you're like, even then they're gonna stand out Every every outfit is just it's its own you know work of art that can you can reflect upon later. But the fashion is just I I love that. That's why I think I like the the colors, the brightness, the shapes. Very adult. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's I love that you make that point because it's got like some '60s elements that like with the really bright color blocking. And I think Violet is kind of a play on. I don't know if you know the Shirley MacLaine movie, What a Way to Go. But there's this famous picture of her she's got this fur coat from shoulder to the floor that's all pink her hair is pink her dress is pink her fur coat is pink and i always think of that image when i see violet with all of her hot pink all over so i think this is like every decade of hollywood they're paying tribute to oh yeah,
0: yes. I, that, yeah. That, that, every decade of hollywood i like that i'm going to definitely have to look that up too that way i can kind of uh, so i can see what you're talking about um the other. Well, it was interesting. I saw. OK, uh, I don't I, I pulled it up in front of me and I lost it here. But um, some of the Betty Page uh, um, inspiration, too, was was another thing that I saw. Um, and you have very I this is a, and I hate I hate to bring this up, but it, it, it is during this time, late 90s, early 2000s. You unfortunately did see a lot of a very specific um, body type um, mm-hmm. on screen, um, and pressure to conform and all that. Um, but then you have someone like Rose McGowan, who was not going to be your typical, um, body type of that time. And she, this is another reason I think why, um, I, I really fell in love with her as a person off screen because she was always, even today, she's always been very, um, assertive, very proud, very everything. And she's just like, she doesn't give a shit about what anybody thinks about anything. And at the time she could, and I, and unfortunately I have read that, you know, she has had, she did have some um, pressure during that time, but she still was herself. And I love that you could see that in this film where, and at the time she's also, she's also, uh, I was gonna say fiance. She was engaged mm-hmm. to <laughs> Marilyn Manson too. So you can kind of see a little bit of that too. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, they worked with her instead of trying to make her something else. I think is what I was trying to say. Mm -hmm. Um, And I like that. So um,
1: like I read that. I think there was a part. Yeah. There's specifically because they went out to eat together during Uh the filming of the movie. And she said she didn't want to eat because she wanted any of the paparazzi taking pictures of her eating. And in the film, (laughs) they they said the same thing. We don't, we don't eat where people can see it. And it was like, one of the other actresses was like, oh my gosh, it's like... (laughs) She, maybe they did kind of like build on her own personal character um, personality uh, for uh-huh. the character and I thought that was,
0: that was really cool It's like they, it was her character they, they used a lot of her like even the tattoo that she had of herself on um, they, they were trying to see if they could uh, uh, put makeup digitally remove it it was going to be too expensive they decided to go with it again I think that's why they I, I like that they worked with her um, I mean not work with her I, I think you know what I mean <laughs> they were just going to like okay you know we're, we're we're just gonna uh, she she knows what she's doing let's 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 move forward type of thing um but she's not the only person in the movie and i told alma beforehand before we start recording i'm like alma please don't let me make this a fucking rose mcgowan
1: episode so i please steer me away <laughs> so from talking about rose ahead. mcgowan she'll just keep doing it let's, <laughs> let's get into the movie then and um so first impressions from the uh first opening opening scene and the walking and um for narrating everything jessica what did you do you love watching that over and over oh my god
2: i love it i love this i love the all the iconic hallway walking scenes like there are so many of them but i i was hooked i saw this one for the first time when it came out in the theaters so because i saw the ads for it i was like this is Absolutely my shit. I am going to go see this. <laughs> yeah, I was just obsessed with like, it's this kind of sweet fairy tale. And then everything I like the jawbreaker is so perfect. It's sweet and sour. You've got the sweetness of these, you know, beautiful high school girls, but the sourness of high school politics and you know, all the things that they have to put up with from other people and all the things that they inflict on other people and, you know, female friendships and how they can sometimes be the best thing in the world or the worst thing in the world. I was just obsessed with that from the beginning. Um, But yeah, but I'm, I'm a sucker for color. I'm obsessed with color. So just how bright and, Campy and candy colored this whole thing was and the soundtrack. I know we're gonna talk about the soundtrack at some point. (laughs) But you said candy colored.
0: I love that. I hadn't thought of it. And the movie is called Jawbreaker. Why did I ever it never clicked for me? Yes, it's so very candy. It's just like, oh my gosh, yes, the colors because I yeah, it's very colorful. I've always loved the colors of this, but yes candy everywhere
1: (laughs) I don't know if it's a biased opinion or not because I'm always like maybe it just like it just feels like everything was so purposeful in the making creating of this movie sometimes that it's just like I don't I I I don't want to sound like somebody is like really really not like but seriously even Pam Greer says that it's like that's it when she was talking to one of them interviewing it's like the sourness inside she was like um it And I was like job and also the whole thing with the jawbreaker too, because I I hated those on the inside of the jawbreaker (laughs) and it's literal references to the jawbreaker. It's figurative. There's so much um, just everything just related. It's perfect.
2: It is. And it's like, you use something so innocuous, like, you know, that Courtney was just seething with jealousy over Liz, their entire friendship, and she silences her like very specific. I, you know, you can't tell me that she didn't do that on purpose. I <laughs> think that was a, 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 what's the word? Um pr- I can't come up with it right now, but that was a murder and it was pre planned. (laughs) (laughs) But she silences her with something that's so sweet and sickly, Uh it's so sweet, like Liz herself. Like it's Mm -hmm. this poetic this that courtney enacts on her it's just it's so perfect oh poetic A mm-hmm. uh, poetic it was uh, huge murder
1: yeah i like i that. never tried one of those those things were so big and when i i saw the movie because i'm not one to look up movies before i watch it i would just go to the theater because it's the thing my mom did our mom did she would just go and just go into any movie what's showing in 30 minutes and walk in so jawbreaker that opening scene with that huge jaw breaker oh, in the throat. I was I like, that's what boy so well. is this? <laughs>
0: she they did so well. Because yeah, <laughs> they they did the face, the makeup, everything, and then that and the way it pans down. And because you're waiting for it, you know it happened. And then when they show it, you're like, holy shit. Oh you my know god. It's she disturbing. shoved it and she taped
1: it up. I was like, when they reveal that it's the friends who are kidnapping her for her 17th birthday. I I couldn't see the sweetness of it because I was thinking to myself, she's in the trunk with a jawbreaker. (laughs) Why is that a thing you do? (laughs) I watched it with my daughters. It's the same thing. So you watched it with her? Yeah, I watched it with the youngest one. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, she's 13. I know, but I didn't know you
0: watched it with her. I didn't realize that. Yeah, the other one too. I too. She said she wanted to watch Heather's after this, right?
1: As soon as she was watching the opening, she was like, I'm in the mood to watch Heather's now, and it was like exactly. We'll watch Heather's afterward, and um, so I was like, at a certain scene, I was like, you can you can go for this scene because I always tell I already know what's coming out. I've watched everything you know a hundred times. But uh, then we watched Heather's um, the morning after the next morning, so that she could watch it because she was like so in the mood for watching it. And I was like, you get it.
0: Are you are you a fan of Heather's as well, Jessica? Oh,
1: my God. Yes. Yeah. That was
2: like a formative <laughs> movie for me when I was a teenager. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Heather's.
0: Well, I, it's funny because, yeah, I, I mentioned earlier to somebody else like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be recording an episode and we're talking about uh, about Jawbreaker. And they're like, oh, I like Heather's better. I'm like, <laughs> it's like it's so funny. You think of Jawbreaker, you're going to think of Heather's. It's it's so funny. But um, OK, so this scene, I'm just going to come back real quick to the scene in the trunk. Um, this well actually the whole kidnapping thing so the writer based this on in i think he said in high school where he lived i think he said in the valley california um they um th- friends did this a lot they would kidnap each other for birthdays and of course he said that it's it was an as you know, violent as this, obviously. Thank goodness, um, it was just uh, with the parents' help. You know, they would they would arrange their friends to be kidnapped by their friends, and then they'd take them over to like Denny's or somewhere, have breakfast, and then tie their friends up to like you know whatever. Um, so this was based on you know like that, and then of course he took this you know this this turn you know with with the jawbreaker. But Jessica, I love the way you described that because I hadn't really. Um, for me, it's always been it was just an accident. It was just an accident. But yeah, I mean. It could have very well have been something that she had in her head this whole time. And like, I'm going to shove this in her mouth.
1: And if it happens, ooh, you know, it was an accident. <laughs> and it's It said right it, right in the beginning when she was like, this makes you um like kind of the shoe in to be prom queen now when um, <laughs> they tell Courtney that it's Marcy who tells her that she it, It's like, yeah, because she was going to be the prom queen. OK, so right away. They see their friend has died. And the thing is that Courtney is so in charge that she gets everybody right away to go, um, let's cover this up scenario. And that's why I always remembered when I first watched it because I was like, what is going on? <laughs> and um, just that whole scene of trying to come up with a scenario and everything of how we're gonna cover this up and how they end up going to school with their that's front of the track. This is why that. it's horror adjacent. Think yes. of the situation here. Uh, everything that friend- happens around the, the the body and everything. Yes. It's uh, it's way far that's what I what I love about like the dark comedy and um, movies because they're just right there. There's something real about them with this scary factor and then the the humor that's added because of the bizarre uh, the bizarreness of every step that Courtney is just so over the top with everything that she thinks of conceives, um, you know, from the jawbreaker to the end of the movie. It's like, everything is so like, what? <laughs> but the Dallas case, of course she's loving it, but, but we also love the villains too sometimes. And it's good to have women villains because I'm like equal opportunity, you know? <laughs>
0: Well, Fair. Jessica, I know a lot of what we're doing, well, some of it is, you know, narrated and they, they, they speak what they're thinking, like the evil villains that, you know, that they are. But uh, Jessica, do you think, um, some, we're doing a little supposition here, um, do you think that Courtney was trying to help them all when they were trying to, you know, cover up what happened to her, um, to Liz, or do you think really it was more about herself? I mean, again, because it's, you know, it's a position here. But what do you think
2: more herself, more the crew? What what do you think is going on here? I think it's all about Courtney. And I do think it was all about being prom queen. Like all she cared about the entire time. <laughs> I love that. She got rid of her one obstacle. And, you know, now she's got, especially because Marcy is such a follower. Like she looks to Courtney before she does anything. She's like, I've got accomplices. I've got people who will protect me to protect themselves, it's a way of um, covering her own ass, like having other people involved, um, people who will protect her because they fear her. So I think if this was all about Courtney, because I don't think anything in Courtney's life <laughs> is about anything but Courtney.
0: <laughs> okay, okay, and and it's, I do see that. I do try yeah, to, like I said, I do try to say, no, it's for everybody's benefit, but no, it's, it's no, definitely- No, it was the Courtney
1: show. And yeah. it, it's, it, that's exactly what it was. It's really hard to be, uh, the noxema girl in this movie, <laughs> next to <laughs> Courtney, prom queen, and not see that this other person who's doing everything wrong. Look at everybody. <laughs> yeah, people love this character for a reason. <laughs> yeah. But, um, okay.
0: So, well, you okay? So let's talk about Rebecca Gayhart's character then, since we brought brought her up. Okay, um, because she is the one who breaks off from the group once everything goes down. Um and like I said, even though I, I I you know should morally, ethically be on her side, and I am, you know, my in real life, I cheer on the the, the people who are in the right, <laughs> not in the wrong. But <laughs> it's in the movies, a, we can cheer on whoever um, we want. <laughs> so I actually kind of felt very sad for her character because um this was the first time and it was because of the death of her best friend that she was finally able to explore Herself and be herself. So when she's, um, you know, when she's sitting alone, you know, or um, she's trying, like, even just trying to figure out, like you said, the politics of of high school, Jessica, trying to figure out where she's going to sit to eat lunch, or um, when she sees a cute boy and then they go driving together and she gives him the, her number, probably something that her that at least Courtney wouldn't have allowed her to do, you know, very mean girl like. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's starting to explore a little bit you know, being like a kid, you know, I mean, these are adults, but I mean like high school in <laughs> high school, you're a kid. you're you, That's when you're supposed to be trying to figure all this stuff out. She, I don't think she'd had the opportunity to. So I felt bad for her because it was the first time she finally got to do that because of her friend.
2: Yeah. Like even her wardrobe changes after she breaks away from the group, like she starts dressing differently. Like you, Courtney would never let her wear a denim jacket, but she starts wearing a denim jacket. Like mm-hmm. her whole personality changes because she's no longer part of the fab three or the fab four or whatever they were called, you know, she's okay. Who is Julie? Who is Julie outside of Liz, outside of Courtney? But I'm, yeah, I, I I don't think you can talk enough about the fashion, but I'm always fascinated by the fact that her wardrobe changes completely once she's not with them. She looks like a
1: teenager. Yes. Uh, Like the clothing style becomes that of a teenager instead of like Dahlia saying that they are dressed like women. And um, that jean jacket part was so like, exactly, you noticed it, the the jeans and the regular looking shirt and the ponytail. And um, it just, all of it speaks a lot of her. And even though she's flawed because she still went along with the plan originally, she drove yeah. around with her friend in the trunk. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I don't, I always think of that too, but that mm-hmm. shows more of like the teenager side Big trouble. What do we do? We cover for our, we cover yeah. up ourselves. But that didn't stop her from still trying to con- to do the right thing when uh, she separated
0: was- from the group. And I think that was a that was mm-hmm. a big point of it mm-hmm. um, because uh, um, oh god, Marcy right mm-hmm. um, when she stayed with Courtney, she never got the opportunity to think outside of what was going on. But yeah, Rebecca Gayhart's character definitely did when she separated. She started to think more like yeah, this is wrong. And then being able to have that. Um, even though it was supposed to be a love interest, it was, you know, this person, a friend, a new friend that she was able to talk through like what happened and and him being kind of like this moral compass for her that she already had that, but it was, mm-hmm. she was able to like talk through it and realize like, you know what? I'm getting, I'm getting that, uh, you know, uh, confidence to be able to do the right thing, which she would, she obviously didn't have when Courtney's constantly, you know, in her ear, da 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 da, da telling her all the wrong things to do. Um, that Marcy, what is it, Fox? Marcy Fox? <laughs> uh, I think she made a point of saying that Fox. <laughs> um,
1: mm-hmm. Didn't her have that Foxy opportunity necklace. Let yeah. yeah. me go try hard all the time. <laughs> but see, she's still like if you look at her fashion too, and I, I, I'm going back to that because her character is um it's own but she's like the follower she's like the the just stereotypical follower she's trying so hard the whole time everything she does is like a like a like she's a what's like a coordinating piece for courtney her outfits uh, a little bit like one time like when they have the hose that have the what's the line in the back of the hose oh yes Uh, i saw that i noticed that yeah yes um she has one too but going with the color of her outfit Uh hers is like her outfit but different colors um her accessories and uh, just trying so hard to just but but that make but she's also just really mean i don't think that you could get people to be like that if she's also not a really mean person she wants to be popular anything so We'll, we'll get it to Fern now because we have, to, we have to bring a Fern, Fern Mayo. They mm. give her the plainest name. Um, they, they can I love of, her name, it's though. A <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it didn't seem that, that until I look at it and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, her name is, like, Fern Mayo. And <laughs> she catches them in their scheme and they change her so easily. It's like she was just screaming to be let in. And so much so that her, you know, the, 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 you know, person that she wanted to be friends with the person that she loved that uh, Liz, she, you know, worshipped her privately. Yeah, she joins this group so quickly, even though that that's gone. Uh, it could be like, I don't know, it's I don't, like single I really... white
0: female. She loved the idea of of Liz so much that when she got the opportunity, a to be obsession, there, obsession um, and not. she, yeah, she went, she went for it. And I did read that she was uh, the, the when she was Fern Mayo in the beginning was based on Carrie from the movie Carrie, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of her look, the way she, you know, the way she's acting and stuff like that. So, and I, I totally see it, but um, what are your thoughts on her transition over to Violet? <laughs>
2: I'm obsessed with that sequence. Like I I really love the idea that she had this not true love, but obsessive love with uh, Liz and wanted to become her. And when they do that fantastic makeover scene, they it's a montage of Violet in the makeover chair and Liz at the mortuary getting her makeup done for the funeral. And it like the way they shoot that and the way they cut it, she is literally taking Liz's place like they become the same person and then she emerges as you know the new liz i'm obsessed with that sequence i think it's so brilliant and like it's so sad but so smart and like just like it feels like some of the dream sequences from heathers like that kind of really arch like high camp thing oh yeah I, i'm obsessed with all the references like this movie is so self-aware but not mm-hmm. um not it, it doesn't get to be too much i just like the the carrie scene like recreating the Carrie prom scene with the slow-mo and everything. I'm sure we'll get to that. But um, yeah, when she just becomes Liz, like she now is her own obsession. Like how one wonderful, quote unquote, for her, that she gets to become this thing that she's wanted for
1: so long. And you can see a lot of that inspiration, like you mentioned, um, Carrie inspiration, Heather's inspiration, but it's still its own.
0: Yeah.
1: It, it is, uh, that scene is, is it's, oh, it's, it's so... The, the way that they're, like, the the way they cut the scenes together, the way they blend, the watching. And the makeup. sound.
0: I love the yeah. sound, the way it's, oh my God. The
1: outfit choices, yeah. the yes. clothing that, that she's wearing in the end. It's so much so that when Violet is wearing that final outfit, and she's standing there, she's standing, is it a staircase? And Rose McGowan is to her right, but screen left. And I didn't notice Rose McGowan at first. That's how I think they good they did. And I was like, oh my gosh, because I watched it like twice. And I was like, I didn't, I forgot that she's standing there right next to her (laughs) because it's, she's become a thing. And then they give her her name. Um, And it's real funny because she's like, uh, um, well, you know, not your, Fern's a plant, but not Rose. We want Maybe Rose and her real name. Her real name is Rose. (laughs) And they gave her the name Violet. And Violet is the character that I most, um, I think I love her the most
2: because oh, really?
1: she has a little bit of all of, I think uh like the teenager, like typical, stereotypical, like um, either you're, Oh, you're so shy or, Oh, you're so different that you don't belong to a big group um, or you're wanting to be like the wannabe and then part of the group. So she becomes popular. She has a whole art that is just kind of like representative of a lot of different, um, personalities or the way that we see ourselves in our teen, teen years and she gets that shot at being popular and she just like rolls with it <laughs> and does it so a so little good too quick I... <laughs> yeah it's instantaneous it's just like I'm popular now this is my name and then but she's emulating Rose and everything she told her to be too, too good because <laughs> Cause it because
0: pisses, it, it ends like, a, yeah, it ends up <laughs> pissing off uh, uh, Courtney, and and it's I just think it's so funny in in these movies when. The, um, Everyone can believe that this person came out of nowhere and then you know uh, like oh I heard this I heard that reminded me of Never Been Kissed have you ever watched Never Been Kissed Jessica mm-hmm. I fucking love well, I love Drew Barrymore too okay so obviously I love a lot of these actresses out there but um, the whole when, when her character comes and I'm like oh I heard she's dating this person it's like hello people <laughs> it's like it's so funny you can make up anything and it's like I, I look back at my high school years I like could something like, ha- like that happened in my high school I don't know I would have fallen for that but yeah anyways but I just thought it was so funny um and then that's when we get introduced to um it's supposed to be a love interest but I I hate saying love interest because he's he's really just a friend he's a friend of to Rebecca Gayhart's character and um he's he, uh this is where Zach. you know yeah but this mm-hmm. is where uh, some of the um uh, I hate to say of the time and even though it does have a writer that is gay it's like some of the some of the the the, the um characterizations of different people it's just like uh, it makes me cringe you know like oh because like you know he's in drama so maybe he's you know maybe he's not straight but what does it matter it's like references like that again i know it's camping all that so it does make me cringe but i'm gonna i'm gonna look past it right now just because um i have to i guess (laughs) (laughs) Um, but um i don't really care for him but i like that uh her character had a friend and that if they were going to have to have it as, as, you know, someone who could be a boyfriend, okay, all right, whatever. Um, I, I like that for her because she was able to explore a little bit outside of the friend group.
1: But um, I
0: don't like him. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't like him. I know that's They don't so give enough if-
1: of him for you to find interest in well, him. But she gives like him. <laughs> up all her secrets to him. Like, I, I just didn't... Right away, I was like, um, I thought it was interesting because she, she does need to get that uh, relief from letting this off of her chest. I thought that was the whole purpose of the character, just to have somebody to help her get it off her chest, this huge weight. And that I think is what helped her. Like, like we we noticed with her clothing change, her trying to do the right thing. She needed that confidant. Because she didn't have anybody else in that group, Liz was her, child, her childhood friend, and then she hung out with these other people who, who are popular, but yet separate themselves from everyone at the school by intimidation, bullying, um, just being so far out of reach that we needed somebody to for her to, you know, confide in. And that, well, I think he's is,
0: is he's an, for me he's an instigator, so he's perfect that he's mm. in the drama club or <laughs> in drama. That was my thing. But so, Jessica, do you think he's more of a, a, an instigator or more of like he's supposed to be the more com- moral comp- compass compass here?
2: I I feel like part of him is an instigator. Like he he buys into the cliches, the stereotypes too much because he's like drama and sports do not mix. Like when he's like having the showdown with Violet, right?
0: right? <laughs> I'm like, you don't even know her. And you're already talking shit to her, dude. Right. I'm like, I'm supposed to like you. I mean, yeah, I know. It's it's kind of weird that she comes out of nowhere. But you don't know anything about her. And he's like, the whole sports thing. And then later on, he's just like, yeah, so I met this
1: girl. That's how I'm unimportant born, right? he was to me. I just completely, like, like ignore his lines. <laughs> because that's why I was like, I, I know why the character exists. But, he, you know, nothing he said really stuck out to me. I can't even remember, like. What does his voice sound like i just listened to it like the day ago um <laughs> so i guess so uh, maybe he was just and also he's put there to piss dahlia off you know <laughs> so <laughs> the writer knew Dalia is gonna he puts Dalia likes to have somebody in the movie to hate and she's not gonna hate courtney but, but he does he does
0: seem to um uh get things going a little bit quicker i think mm-hmm. um with suggestions and stuff like that um, so yeah, in a way it's good because then, um, Rebecca Gayhart's character is able to go through the motions. I know it's for a movie and I know it is a movie, but be able mm-hmm. to go through and process this things a little bit quicker, which might have taken her a little bit more time if she was left alone with her thoughts, like maybe going back and forth, waffling a little bit. But in this way, she's able to propel things so that they can get a finality, a conclusion to, um, to Liz's story because she deserved that because they, gave her an, uh, uh, the characters gave her an ugly death because it couldn't mm-hmm. just be enough that it was an accident. They had to unfortunately um, make it not only an ugly death, but tarnish her reputation
1: in the process, which is sad. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And this plays uh, more into like the, the fact when, yeah. we, when we brought up, we keep saying Courtney, she's going over the top, but also she wants to make sh- ensure that what she gets, what she wants because she she took her place immediately you know and um nobody had anything bad to say about Liz before then but let's let's ruin her completely even after death is a real uh, is completely shitty it's like really super shitty she didn't have to do any of that but she did because that is her that is her um that's the way she is and going along with the plan though that was the real messed up part from the anybody who was in on it. Fern jumping in the scenario. And it's funny too, I'm going to bring up that Fern is going to the same school as Violet that they they don't know that's Violet and they start counting her accent. They start counting her, absent. <laughs> like, they're oh, counting her accent. They're counting her accent. So who's this girl sitting in her school. seat? That's so weird. It's so weird. Oh, you need to speak with Fern Mayo because Fern Mayo is the last person to go drop off the books for Liz. And and they're like, oh, but she hasn't been at school for a few days, but this new girl, Violet. <laughs> I
2: love that. That's such a. I think that's a play on "She's All That," where like you turn from this ugly duckling with glasses on. You take off the glasses, and you're the supermodel. Like you, right? People would have recognized her. I'm sorry. Right.
1: That's, it's that's it's another the guilty face, pleasure. Everything. I uh-huh. love "She's All That." It actually came out the same year as this. And so the Did same it really the same year. Yes, "She's uh-huh. All That." This one. Um, there were two okay. other. Uh, what's that one? "Cruel Intentions" and. Uh-huh. Um, oh, yeah, oh 10 things I hate then, about, you. about you. 10 things I, I about hate about you. For I'll team the same year. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay, all right. And the, the she's all that changing her, cutting her hair, the and, and um, just it's just like, but you put that's how unnoticed this girl was that nobody she had zero friends, and that's why she was so hard up for joining this group because not only did somebody want to be her friend, this was the group. This was the like fantastic, fabulous four, and she was going to be in this group all because she happened to see something. Um, And that's why it was so easy to believe like she has something over them too. It's like she had a little security because they're gonna be her friends because she has a secret of theirs. But also I'm gonna get what I've always wanted, instantaneous, like she gets everything to her head. I love that outfit when she has the t-shirt that says bitch (laughs) and the pink on pink on pink. Oh, I love it so much. walking down the hall. They even redo the scene, walking down the hall with her, walking down the hall with them. And I love that they named her Violet and she's wearing pink all the time. And um, (laughs) just like- I didn't really pay attention to that. You're right. (laughs) um, It's what the, the, one of the biggest things that I thought was just like, the icing of the shittiest, scariest cake ever was the fact that Courtney's character has sex in- Liz's bed, with her underneath the bed, like she moves her to do this thing. That right there was like, wow. That was like that, like cemented it that she's gonna have to get hers. You know what I mean? Like somewhere in this movie, we have to get a little justice for Liz because she did. She took it further and further and further each each time. And it was like, but she didn't tell anybody that she was doing those things either, which is like, wow, that's a lot of extra plotting. So we're just going to keep putting Jessica's right this whole time with her. This was premeditated. Um, this is like capital murder. This is first degree <laughs> with extenuating circumstances. <laughs> so, Jessica, what do you think of a Rose
0: McGowan's scene when she's doing the whole um,
2: yeah, you know when she's oh,
0: telling the story about how she <laughs>
2: likes these when boys she, or men. I know, yeah. Uh, she liked men, strange men. Like, I, Rose McGowan is such a good villain in this movie. I know why you love her so much because she is so good in this movie. I, I'm really fascinated with... Sh- this is Courtney... You know, I am not slut-shaming. I am saying within the context of the movie, the characters' view... um, courtney having sex with lots of strange men as a negative and she is absolving herself of her sins by transferring them onto liz she is saying you know liz did all these things liz Mm -hmm. is doing this she like like having sex on the bed with her body underneath is like a physical act of transferring her sins onto liz and like Mm -hmm. purging herself like she is becoming the good girl by getting rid of the real good girl and like it's um I don't know what the expression is, but she like makes Liz into a totem and like transfers all her, like Liz becomes like a sin eater by dying. And she transfers it all to her and like cleanses herself. Like I this is her emerging. Yeah. This is, that's, that's why that performance gets to me. Cause she's uh-huh. like really burrowing into that yeah. like innocent schoolgirl
1: vibe that she mm-hmm. wants to have. And that, yeah. that's brilliant because that does bring a lot of, um, like meeting behind why she thinks it's so important to become that prom queen. Mm-hmm. And why I think that uh, when some people have brought it, like how, how does she get hers? Like people wanted to see her get hers, you know, um, at the end of the movie, but it's like, what was it that she worked for this whole thing is that she's acting absolutely perfect and absolutely like the one everyone wants to be. With the end goal being I'm gonna have that
0: crown on even my her head. dress, the way she's dressed is very angelic. The mm-hmm. the the crown um or the the hair decoration, um, which mm-hmm. is in a bit of trivia that I, I found. Um, <laughs> all of it. She looks and the color of the dress and everything is very angelic. You're right. Mm-hmm. Jessica, I love it's that. Not um, it's not bright, it's
1: yeah. Shimmery and because sweet.
0: everything's been very bright, very pop color, you know, in your face. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she is able to shed that. And again, yeah, no, no slut shaming because consensual people, you know, they're they're enjoying their sexuality. But yeah, she's somehow made to feel like it's bad and decides to transfer that over to Liz. And mm-hmm. like even in the scene. Where um, when she's in, in the bed with that other, I, I don't know, he's a football player or whatever, with the popsicle, Dane, I think. The, the way she's mm-hmm. dressed also is kind of very, you know, um, uh, uh, in, innocent quote-unquote mm-hmm. um so it's yeah I, I hadn't really thought of that way and i love that take on it because yes because you do see that at the end when like i said because i always did think that the dress and everything i thought she looked beautiful at the end is very angelic it's very um contrary to the way she presented herself throughout the whole movie um and then <laughs> and then you know it happens the <laughs> ending happens and all that but yeah i love that now the 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 hair piece came from the fact that one of the other actresses came out of the trailer and she had flowers in her hair and all that. And I guess Rose McGowan's look was going to have something else. And then when she saw that, she goes back to the trailer. I want something better than that. And I I just love that, that she's just like, okay, this, you know, I'm Courtney, I'm supposed to be, you know, here. So change it up. And it's so funny because having not known that piece of little trivia, um, I always love that. And I keep doing like this swirling around my head because I don't know like what exactly a halo. it is. Well, it's like but a it's, lot of little
1: halos yeah, yeah, sweeping the around that her are there. Yeah. sweeping around her, around her head. So we have now that we need to, we don't need to just tell everybody. We don't need to make sure that we get just, not just get justice for Liz. We also need everyone to know how horrible Courtney is. And that's where Zach comes in to help with the plan because um, they've already outed um, like right before the the big problem for violet for violet but <laughs> she got really like she's pushing people, she's stealing parking spots, she's trying to take uh everybody's man's and <laughs> <I> remember have <laughs> the, the scene where she goes up to to what's his face and she wants and tells him like uh you know wanna go out or whatever. Yeah. But anyway. She, the, the only reason she's really out is because she pisses off Courtney because she's a better Courtney than Courtney. Yeah. She took Courtney's place. She's And the, like that, just like overnight. Courtney.
0: It happened so quickly. She did it perfectly. Everybody, nobody was even thinking of, about her. It was all mm-hmm. Violet. But yeah, then Violet came around so easily. So this is why I like the, the fickleness of these characters, because then it's so quick. Violet is, is, is now that Violet's not Violet and she's Fern again, Fern Mayo. Oh, you know, she's like brought back into this loving group and, and like, come help us take down Courtney. And it's like, yeah, let's mm-hmm. go in this together. And, and like I said, I know I should, I should, you know, not hate them as much as I do, but it does piss me off because yeah again, uh, uh, Courtney's uh, her, she was doing all the wrong things, um, to, you know, make a tarnish, uh, Liz's res- uh, recipe. <laughs> what kind of recipe is this <laughs> reputation? And, um, They all, you know, had a part in it, but yet they all seem to be absolving themselves of their part by going after Courtney. And that's why at the end, it it always made me so mad because um, uh, Rebecca Gayhart's character was in the right to try to make sure that they all that they found out the truth, I guess, basically. But her throwing it all onto courtney has always made me so mad even though i uh, yeah they needed someone to put it onto because she just like i said she did take it way too far but it just always made me so mad because at the end when she's i mean she's just like she lets everybody know what's going on and then the, the, when she takes the picture she's a mean girl at the end again I'm sorry, but she is. Rebecca Gayhart is the mean girl.
1: girl. I don't see her as the mean girl. (laughs) I I
0: love this scene because... She's enjoying it way too much. And that's the part that's like...
1: She hasn't enjoyed anything, but... The, the the big prom scene, okay, this is a Carrie inspired everybody pointing and laughing type thing. I think that this scene, the ending scene, is the greatest way to end the movie because you know there's more repercussions. Nobody else is going to get away with anything, Dahlia. <laughs> this was just to show Oh no, I um, love the ending. I just yeah, I just this is like a, was only to True. show Courtney, yeah. you know, get her comeuppance is that what it's called you know and because to me I'm like oh no they're all gonna get in trouble I know because I'm like uh you know because they each played their part and so but that would be a boring ending where they show all of them getting arrested <laughs> this, was, this was better <laughs> this was better in, in in the fun um so what do you think the- of oh sorry go ahead Alma No, go ahead. (laughs) I was
0: gonna say. So, what do you what do you think of of this ending, Jessica? Did it wrap up nicely for you? What what was done differently? Not
2: differently. I'm obsessed with it. Like I, I, the Carrie vibes throughout are so good, and then having the slow motion and the the noise drop out where you're not sure what's going on. It's such a brilliant homage. But also, the only thing Courtney cared about was being loved, having popularity, and they took away the one thing she wanted Mm -hmm. most by. Exposing her in front of the whole school. Like, obviously, Courtney's probably not going to do well in jail either, but. (laughs) <laughs> like the her worst nightmare just happened. Like yeah. nobody's scared of her anymore. Nobody loves her anymore. Everybody hates her. She's yeah. the outcast now. I thought it yeah. was like such a smart way to turn the tables. Plus, mm-hmm. it just looks beautiful. Like this <gasps> oh low motion growing yes. flowers and like and like you said at the very end where she's like, uh. <laughs> <I love that. laughs> I'm
0: in love with the with the sound of it because it is very, like you said, it's 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 very um, it's very quiet and the muffled and the, and the kind of like a slow mo of even the voices and everything yeah. and her face and that sound as her <laughs> picture gets taken. It's like, oh, I, if I could get that photo of, <laughs> of that blown up and put over my bed, I would be. In heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I've always loved that look, and, and she does it so well. And she does it so well. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I I I so
1: Alma, I do like the ending. I just <laughs> hate that. Well, is, this, is this because I'm <laughs> secure and confident that they're all going to go to jail too? So it's okay. <laughs> I don't know what kind of rich fancy lawyer you have, um, Julie. <laughs> You're not getting out of any accessory. I'm thinking accessory after the fact. I'm thinking tampering. <laughs> um, you know, removal like a corpse. I'm just thinking all those things. So, you know that that is the perfect thing because it was taking away everything that she built up to get. Yeah, everybody abandoned her. Even Marcy was so quick to hide because she's in trouble. She's she went under that table so she's quick. She's <laughs> in trouble, but also because she's like, oh shit, you know. She's got it. Everybody knows they're going to know. I hope too. Mm-hmm. automatically she knows that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that no, no matter what, um, you know, everybody knows that they played a role. But mm-hmm. Courtney, I think, always thought that she was so just never going to get, you know, caught, okay. you know. So they were just uh, guaranteeing
0: it, trying to make sure that she didn't wasn't able to talk her way out of it.
1: Yeah. i will look especially. at it that way. Okay. And I love how the found that. with the card because in the beginning when she's playing with that card, that birthday card, was mm-hmm. she was like, "Oh, this is what we gave her on her 16th birthday." And they were talking and she was pushing the button. That's when she recorded. That's the part that out
0: of all this this entire movie, that's the part I have always found the most unrealistic cuz have you ever bought one of those cards and tried to <laughs> try to fucking record on one? It I, I can never figure it out and then never, yeah, and it plays back. It doesn't work that easily. Come it was on. was high tech
1: for 99. It was a super <laughs> <laughs> Super duper high tech. Okay. So um,
0: one last person I, I didn't want to discuss because, uh, Ugh, the beautiful Pam Greer. Now, mm-hmm. this is this is kind of funny. The little bit of trivia was that when Judy Greer met Pam Greer on the set for the first time, she went up to her and she's like, "Oh, we had the same last name." And the Pam Greer looked at her and it's like, "I don't think we're related." <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. But um, so it was kind of so her character. This is this is one thing that I, I did want to bring up, which was very interesting she is um she has in her contract now i don't know if she still does but um during that time period she would put in her contract and it was in this contract that she was going to do her own hair uh she is a black woman and we see a lot of times even today still unfortunately um makeup artists and hairstylists on set are not um that they don't always bring someone on to that does black hair, black uh, makeup well. They're not well.
1: equipped, or they're not. Um, and so they just she
0: knew right off the bat she was going to do her her own hair, and that makes me sad <laughs> because I mean she was an icon then. And this is foxy brown, but so she did her own hair. So throughout the thing, you see like a a, a variation, like three different wigs that she did. And I thought her mm-hmm. hair looked awesome when I, I mm-hmm. always thought her hair looked great on there, but then finding out that piece that she was doing her own because of the the fact that, you know, but I, I, I didn't want to bring the, the party down, but I just didn't, yeah. I didn't want to mention that because it's, it sucks, you know, cause she, she was already, uh, she many years at that point, already an icon and then she already knew that shit. But anyway, so she plays a, this detective and I fucking love her. So like, Alma, what, what did you say? You what, you just want to call her Vera Cruz. You don't want to call her... What
1: did they call her? <laughs> I Ve- think it's Vera. Vera. Vera?
2: She introduces herself as Vera.
1: Oh, oh she okay. Does. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I thought that I heard somebody in the movie call her like Vera? or maybe somebody repeated it? I don't know. Yeah, I think they I said it thought, differently than she said. That's probably what threw me off yeah. too. Oh, okay, because I, I didn't want to have give it a Spanish accent if it doesn't have one.
0: <laughs> but we always tend to do that. So. Our mother, well, our mother was born in Veracruz too. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> maybe that's why I like her so much. <laughs> so yeah, her, her character, the detective. Um, the one thing I will say I don't like about her character, the way it's written, is throughout the the up until when she does a little flip flop at the end she is the one who is smelling something wrong with this whole story she knows Mm -hmm. it she feels it but the way at the end she just accepts how it's tidily cleaned up i'm like i don't think she would have Mm -mm. i I don't don't... know or maybe she's just Mm -hmm. saying she accepts the story and we just never got to see anything else um but i don't believe that i don't believe she would have been like oh yeah that's what happened
2: yeah, she would have seen through Courtney's little own, like, weepy act right away.
1: Mm-hmm. That was too fakie, mm-hmm. especially because she came in very, um, like, ready to interrogate these teenage girls. And yet at the end, in keeping, though, I'd say it's in keeping with, like, the typical bad detective storyline mm-hmm. sometimes where it's like, why did they investigate further? Or they come in too hard and they stay hard. Um or um they just aren't doing their job that's usually like bad kind of writing with bad writing of the detectives themselves in the movies you know so that that could have been more in keeping with that but you're right it did kind of wrap up too quick maybe we could we'll we'll add an extra scene get everybody back in there and <laughs> well, yeah they're, they're sitting outside of they're sitting in their their squad cars
0: outside of a prom waiting for them to come out <laughs> but Budgetary reasons, they couldn't make the last scene, and they said, "Oh, we're gonna have to cut it shorter, but we won't be able to do this scene." And she's like,
1: "Dalia, Julie can get arrested first.
0: Well, Penny's (laughs) like, "I got paid, right? Okay, I'm cool with that." So she's like, "Okay, (laughs) we can end it here."
1: Yeah, it might. They'll they'll snatch the Polaroid right out of Julie's (laughs) hand, and Dalia. That way, you can get her arrested first. Okay, Mm -hmm. do you have any? Do you have any favorite quotes, Jessica? From the movie?
2: Oh my gosh. Favorite um, part or favorite quote? Um, one of my favorite quotes is It's not like we kill people on oh purpose. My God. <laughs> <laughs> the way she catches pass. herself. Yes.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love, it, I love it. so
2: many good quotes, but that one always like jumps to the top of my brain. I'm like, oh,
1: Yes, it's a delivery because you can feel it that she's like, Wait a second. Mm-hmm. On purpose? <laughs> like, um, I love it when uh, Fern Violet says, uh, She's so evil and she's only in high school. <laughs> I love that I like, because it's like, yeah, I was like, <laughs> she realizes how awful she is, and that's the worst thing she could think of is that she's right? so evil.
0: <laughs> but that, that, I like that. That's like a recurrent thing. Sometimes I say like when people say like, oh, they're so evil, or whatever, and they're only like this age. It's just like it, you know. Yeah, it's it's funny. But um, so you were talking about um, quotes, and I saw mm-hmm. this. Uh, hold on, it was right in front of me and I scrolled away from it. Where are you? Um,
1: okay,
0: you already yourself. said about the fern is a plant, and then you know, mm-hmm. the rose was too obvious. That was perfect. There's a very just it's like a very quick quote that's um, at the end of the movie, Rose McGowan goes up to get fr- to her friend's table and says, Well, hello, you beautiful people, and that was a direct reference to Marilyn Manson's song, so like just that very mm-hmm quick little like thing like that. And you were supposed to get at that time because of, which actually I like that song too. (laughs) I mean, yeah, again, I I always like problematic people and things don't come at me. Okay. Because (laughs) I said, I did like the
1: music, you know, but (laughs) anyways, I thought you were going to bring up Rocky Horror picture show because it's, I love, Rocky Horror Picture Show, and that was another um, one. Yeah. She says, "I made you, and I can break you just as easily." And when she said, it, "I was like, oh my gosh, that's what Doctor Frankenberger says," mm-hmm. in, um to his creation, yeah, because she's saying it to her creation, yeah. so it's like it's a it's a perfect quote. Yes. I, pre- I also it's weird because she's not my favorite character, but it kind of seems like she has all the best lines.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course uh let's see oh rose mcgowan and rebecca Gayhart both appear in the scream fr- franchise mcgowan obviously played tatum riley in scream and Gayhart played sorority sister lois in scream Two. um julie benz appeared in a scream spoof called shriek if you know what i did last friday the 13th i haven't seen that one that i know of have you seen it jessica i have not seen that one actually no. i'm gonna have to look that up because i, I seen a lot movie- of the spoofs <laughs>
1: This, you know, the iconic like walking in the beginning scene was spoofed for "Not Another Teen Movie," and one of them trips and falls in a trash can. And I love that because that's how (laughs) iconic that was. And that "Not Another Teen Movie" was one of my favorite like spoofs, like uh, making fun of all the movies because it was great. Because um, who and I and I don't know who said. I'm sure plenty of people have said it. You know that the the Heather's came than this one, but it was like the. they Mean Girls. Oh, what was it? This one, the uh, Jawbreaker walk, so that the Mean Girls could run or something like oh. that. <laughs> because it's like different generations. Yeah. This one, it. Each one, like Heather's, of its own time. Mm-hmm. Jawbreaker of its own time, and you know, going Mean Girls of its own time. And I
0: like them all. That's so cool. That you're right. I guess even though Mean Girls wasn't made that long after this, you do think of it as a, like a, a almost a different generation, even. And that's why I love yeah. to say
1: like this one is out of it, out of time a little bit because of the fashion choices, because of the um, the. Also, because those were uh, like, you know, future ones like Mean Girls, that wasn't a dark comedy like this. This was like very, had some really like a heavy, heavy, like intro with this death here. And the movie played off this, this horrible accident. No, but we're not going to call it. We're going to call it premeditated murder.
0: Okay, and one last thing I want to say about uh, quotes is that the only line of dialogue Liz Purr has in the whole film is, what are you doing to me? <laughs> I wonder what they were doing. Did we ever find out
1: what they were doing to her? Because they said it was from last year's prank. What was no, last They're going to take her and stuff her with pancakes. And <laughs> the first thing they did, that's what they said. They're going to take her and stuff her with pancakes. I love the way they said that because they're going to go eat big and then go to school. And But then that was, that was also bring back to the sadness. How come nobody knows she wasn't there for her own birthday? This was her 17th birthday. And she dies on her 17th birthday. And where's your best friend? Isn't today her best friend? That shows how much they were so separated from the rest of the high school because mm-hmm. was just 17
0: you just said they were she was turning 17 so this friend group was supposed to be 16 17 that's fucking young man that's young and they were up to like really bad shenanigans what the hell (laughs) (laughs) okay well again I, i like it i love this movie jessica alma I I've, I've enjoyed talking about this. I could go on longer. Um, so uh, just some last thoughts and all that about this movie. Anything you want to share anything else? Um Jessica?
2: I just I love it. Like if if you've never seen it but you love Heathers, you love Mean mm-hmm. Girls or you just like dark comedies, please check it out because it's so good and like the soundtrack is amazing. Like I've had the soundtrack stuck in my head all day. Like <laughs> it's just it's so iconic for so many reasons. I the
0: the soundtrack is amazing. The Yuhu song, even just that, will get stuck in a, in one. a loop
1: in my brain, like yes. for like for And days they have now the actual yet. Donnas. How did we not forget? Yes, yet? right. They're performing yeah. at the prom. Yes. Um. The 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 music is great. Um. Yeah. Everything. Everything's a plus in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anything
0: cool from the? Because uh, I I don't have the Blu Ray. Anything cool that they added uh, or that's different on there that maybe we don't get in the regular. Uh, prime tv or prime <laughs> video <laughs> release I'm,
2: like i'm slacking because i haven't looked at like the special features like i read the like the oral history of jawbreaker where they talk about some of those anecdotes like rose mcgowan's hair where she's like i want mine to be better and things like that but i haven't checked out the special features so i need to do that and report back
1: <laughs> <laughs> so who was your favorite characters to um to cosplay or have you done them all I've only done Courtney and Violet so far.
2: Um, mm-hmm. Courtney was my favorite because when I when I cosplay, I try to like embody the characters and their attitude, and just trying to adopt that bitchy attitude was ah. so much fun. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah. also, Violet is all pink, and pink's my favorite color. Yeah. So it's, mm-hmm. but I I do need to do the rest of the characters though. Okay, yeah, so but those are—I
1: think those are the funnest because of like it's like a like also an attitude, you know? Yeah, like you said, you have to get it. into it. Yeah. yeah, and I think only Violet could have pulled off. I keep saying the pink on pink on pink because she was wearing like the lycra pants and the top, but I loved it when she wore that t-shirt with the bitch. Yes, I was like, <laughs> I need one like that. I, <laughs> I'm kind of really nice, but I want everybody to think I am. <laughs> I have my hot pink uh cardigan. That's the most, you know, <laughs> I got. But um yeah. I have I a just... pair of socks. I was looking on the floor right now because I had just taken them off.
0: I have this pair of socks that I wear with my when I I, I just started roller derby. And uh the socks say, I'm that bitch. <laughs> oh, so I was, like, I looking, I was them. like Nobody wants to see my dirty socks. I just <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wearing a shirt that says it, but I have socks to say I'm that bitch. But um, again, I think you have not, I think you have to have some level of creativity and I'm not creative at all. And I wouldn't be able to do anything really cool. I'll be like, this is my shirt that says I am Violet. <laughs>
1: That's it. I, I have a pink ladies shirt that I was gonna wear just for no reason. But then um, I got really excited because I like to do eye makeup a lot. And mm-hmm. so my inspiration, I don't cosplay or anything, But when I get, like, in moods, I love to do my makeup. I love to do eye makeup. And it was really hard. Like, growing up, I never had, like, the beautiful variety that you can get with eye makeup that shows up on my skin color or that looks like it's bright on my uh, skin color. And now I can find so much. So, I saw you and I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, sometimes I'll do really red when I'm like looking at a movie. I just try to like embody like with, with my eyes. And so I wanted to do pink tonight. And I have this is Tapatio's special edition Dia de los Muertos makeup. I love it. And so I, it has the pink, oh, I always forget. So it has the pinks that I like on there with the pink glitter. And I was like, I used that. And I was so excited because I got to pull up my Lisa Frank one. And I'm like, ooh, I got my pink in there, so I use that pink too. So I get really into stuff that way. If you call like makeup um, to be cosplaying,
0: (laughs) but you do it so fun. Okay, so Jessica, where can our listeners find you? Find uh, on your socials. Where do you want to send them to read all your awesome reviews and articles?
2: Um, you can find me on Twitter at we who walk here. Um, I'm always sharing like my portfolio and links to things I've written. I write for FilmCred and Daily Grindhouse and um, Hear Us Scream and a lot of other places. Um, I've got a link to my portfolio and like links to my cosplay and stuff. Just everything is on Twitter at we who walk here.
0: Okay, great. And we are following you there. We'll make sure to put that in our show notes. And um, one last question I like to ask our guests is horror movie coming up this year that you're really excited about um or you know what It do not have to be a movie horror series uh anything
2: i am so excited about nope i can't even stand it nope is the movie i'm looking forward to the most
0: <laughs> and i love that I, that's that's what i love about too this horror it's like something fun to look forward to. It's mm-hmm. just like we always have mm-hmm. something, and especially with these past couple of years, it's going on three years. I want to cry here, you guys. <laughs> um, it just seems like a distant, maybe not, it's two years. It feels like it's been five years. I'm just going to say, it's just like something to that we can look forward to. So I get it. I get now why we have been looking forward to, well, some of us have been looking forward to the che- Texas Chainsaw Massacre through this shitty past couple of years. And then mm-hmm. if it didn't meet your expectations, I can see why people are pissing on it because it's just like, we just want to have shit to look forward to. And so, um, although that one is, I think we we will all be <laughs> liking that. Yeah, like but... having to avoid
1: everything. So I don't want anybody to ruin it for me beforehand. I just want to go in and be excited. See, I'll just get excited. I know, and I will just let it stay at that. I'm going to, uh, that I know it's coming out. When it comes out, I'm going to watch it. It's going to be so exciting. And then it becomes an experience. Just like the, the old uh, way of going to the theater all the time.
0: And how about a horror series that some that we can binge do you have anyone that uh, that you love or you want to recommend
2: I mean yellow jackets I am just obsessed with yellow jackets I I'm so ready for season two. I know it's going to be a while, but I'm going to rewatch season one a million times. So
0: yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, okay. So like I said, we'll make sure we put all that in our show notes. And thank you so much again, Jessica for joining us and talking about job Breaker. Cause again, we could have probably gone on forever, but uh, Alma's really good producer. She, she's able to rein me in, especially because like I said, I knew this was going to be a Rose McGowan, a love fest. And I'm glad that Alma was able to, to pull me back. Team pull <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, Alma, where can people find us on the interwebs?
1: Uh, you can go to our website at NightmareMoviePodcast.com. Our email is NightmareMoviePodcast at gmail.com. Our Instagram at NightmareMoviePodcast. Our uh, Twitter is at fifth. That's nightmare NightmareOn5TH. And we have a Patreon and buy me a coffee. So our Patreon is patreon.com
0: slash nightmare movie podcast. We have several tiers there for you to choose from. And we have a buy me a coffee if you want to do just a one time donation and give Dahlia more coffee to keep her awake and uh, binging all these shows because right now I'm watching um, Alma. I haven't finished the Korean um, uh, zombie one yet. I <laughs> just finished it. Um, I uh, finish it. It took forever. I know. They're really <laughs> long. It's so good. It's so good. It's really long. So- <laughs> But uh, uh, our uh, buy me a coffee. So I get distracted very easily. It's all the coffee. Um, Buymeacoffee.com slash nightmare pod. And yeah. So again, thank you all so much for joining our discussion on Jawbreaker and Rose McGowan and the other people.
1: <laughs> thank you, Jessica, for joining us. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you so and much for having me. Yes, Bye-bye. bye bye Thank you for listening to Nightmare on 5th Street, a horror movie podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to follow and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Also, leave a review or share what movie you would like us to discuss. As always, thank you for listening.